Welcome to Talk and Tech with Talent Hub. Well, we made it past the pilot episode. Like life, I think there are lessons to be learned. I know that I'll be putting a concerted effort into not shouting, not saying hmm, ah, and but as much, and silence slightly less country. I'm hoping that Sarah has also learned to plug the mic into our laptop this time, so we don't have to record this twice. Stephen, anything you learned from week one? I reckon we try and keep it short and sweet this time. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I'm Rob Griffin, Senior Tech Recruiter here at Talent Hub. I'm Stephen Kilgallen, Senior Tech Recruiter here at Talent Hub. We're here with our lovely producer, Sarah Costello. Say hi, Sarah. Hi, guys. This week's episode is on anxiety tech. Feel free to join in the community and the conversation on our LinkedIn group, Talk and Tech Talent Hub. If you're on the lookout for a new job opportunity, visit our website, talenthub.ie. With technology constantly changing and evolving, naturally the tech sector is probably one of the most stressful industries to work in. This can lead to anxiety for, for quite a number of reasons, you know, fear of falling behind, meeting expectations. It can be quite hard to keep up. If you can imagine working in a startup, you're naturally expected to you know, wear a lot of different hats. You know, I would find that quite hard to keep up. Um, and then on the flip side, from the organizational point of view, it's so competitive out there. Like you see startup companies sprouting up left, right and center. It can be quite difficult to keep up with tech trends. So from a C-suite management level, if, if they're quite stressed, that's naturally going to feed back in to employees getting anxious and getting quite stressful. Yeah, not only that, they're probably dealing with burnout more than anyone else. And a, a recent survey I've actually read shows that tech employees suffer burnout more than any other industry. Um, I believe 60% in the tech sector, when surveyed, they felt burnout. Uh, and what this really equates to on their daily basis, the likes of sleeplessness, depression and anxiety, all this stuff really disrupts their life and disrupts how they work. So there's a sense of irony that these companies are looking to create cool offices and nice office spaces. But at the same time, they're increasing the level of burnout on their staff. Mm. And I'm not sure about you, but speaking with developers over the past few years, I'm seeing it more and more often than I did previously. Definitely. I think there's, there's quite a lot of pressure, I would say, on developers, you know, again, you know, keeping up to date, constant meetings, sprints, scrum meetings, meetups, events, you know, contributing to open source projects, training and mentoring. And then, like, if, if you've got a, f- a family and a life outside of work, it, being, it can be quite difficult to keep up with everything. 100%. And it's, it's even like there's a second job that exists now. I know five years ago, like, sort of a tech BA. Mm. was a common job spec in which someone was in charge of leveraging the engineering team and the commercial team. That job's disappeared, as good as. And now the engineers have to have two hats. Work the engineering, work the commercial side of the business. That's leading to more work. It's leading to more man hours. And it's leading to less hours during the working week mm. to program and to create a product. It could also impact your health, over time, mm. um, especially the fact that you know, a lot of people in tech, never mind developers, but just in general, you know, you're sitting for you know eight to twelve hours yeah. on on average, and it's it's proven that you know constantly sitting down, you know, you're improving or you're increasing your risk to diabetes, health issues, posture, back problems. Like myself, I've had some terrible issues with my back over the years. Um, I was, I was very unfortunate to slip a disc when I was 21. Um, 
and I'd actually only just started a new job. I was only a month into the job, and this was something that affected me for a year. And I never like going back to it now. I probably should have mentioned it throughout the interview process, but I never mentioned it because I had that kind of fear of going into a job and not performing. I thought I could just kind of power through it. Four weeks into the job, I was getting very anxious about it. It was definitely um distracting me from my day to day. Hundred percent distracting me from my output. So I just met the head of HR, had a very open and frank discussion. I, I was overwhelmed with the support. The next day, they had a catalogue of stand-up desks <laughs> that they wanted to offer. I was like, Jesus, what is going on here? Um, and honestly, it was one of the best things like from my life that ever happened yeah. to me. Um, I went to see a neurosurgeon. They told me to get a surgery. I really didn't want to go through with that after hearing so many horror stories about <laughs> getting surgery on a slit disc. Um. So yeah, it was a it was a struggle to get it back to to normal, but the standing desk was something that improved my my health and my my work performance, and it lowered my anxiety and stress instrumentally. Yeah, and there's, there's something to be said to that as well. There's something to be said to speaking up and not just to um, jump on, on your own personal thing, but myself. I'm going to burn out. I suffered that a couple of years ago. Um, I remember at one stage I was so stuck in the weeds that I would be working. 12 plus hours a day. I used to work weekends. I used to go on holidays, bring my laptop and my phone on me, check emails, call candidates, call clients, even during my annual leave. So much so that I essentially lost it, for lack of a better word. Um, but it was such a stage where I actually spoke to my manager and said, I can't do what I'm doing anymore. And the company supported me. They gave me a little bit of time off. They got me speaking to people that I need to speak with. When I came back to work, I was twice as productive in half the amount of time because I had a clearer pathway of dealing with my work. Um, so on the back of your said, there's something so much to be said to speak with your managers. And I think that's probably one of the keys to really combating this level of burnout and mm. issues at work. I'm not sure if you felt that as well. Yeah, I think a lot more companies are a lot more aware of yeah. mental health and you're, you're seeing a lot of companies are starting to invest in having that um avenue for people you know if it's an off-site consultant or psychiatrist or whatever it might be and then you know companies like managers are actually starting to get trained around you know mental health and awareness and everything like that so it's something that in real life experiences like that that was something that you know looking back on it now probably one of the best things that ever happened to me yeah um, so now that I read that other companies are starting to go down the same route and getting their C-suites trained in this particular area, you know, it's, it's something that is going to be instrumental to hopefully a lot of people in their future careers. And I think it makes so much commercial sense for the business mm, point of view as 100%. well. A happy staff or more productive staff as well. And if you can get it done in 37 and a half hours, why do you want to get it done in 50? Mm. The best case to get it done in 37 and a half hours is having staff that enjoy their work. Absolutely. And are yeah. actually spent with doing it. Yeah, like we're we're obviously not trained in uh you know we're we're not psychologists. <laughs> we're not counselors. Yeah, um, but yeah, the, the research so shows that there there are a couple of very kind of simple and overlooked things that you could implement into your yeah into your week to help improve anxiety or stress in, in the workplace. Um, one is like creating a routine, being mm. organised. Especially if you're an engineer, you know, you're working to very strict deadlines, like you're doing sprints on a daily basis. If you don't have a, a daily plan outside of that, 
it can only add to your stress. Like me yeah. personally, um, when I first started my professional career, you know, I wasn't the most organized person in the world. Um, but having a very kind of structured plan in the chaos of having all these deadlines and targets to meet and everything like that, it, it really does help. Yeah. Um, and even other things like stepping outside. I remember in previous company, we had a really good speaker come in and talking about, again, like how to manage anxiety in the workplace. And something as so simple as, you know, going for a 15 minute walk, leaving the phone in the office, walking down the canal and just be there with your thoughts and just switching off. Like if you, if you go, get the bus, I get the Dars to work every morning. Or if you go to a pub, you just see people on their phones the whole time. Like we just have to have this constant connection to, to tech or the community or whatever it is. Honestly online. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's just something that I do, like just go for a walk and just don't look at your phone. Um, yeah. Uh, and even yeah and even in a kind of a, a day-to-day in the office perspective as well as you're saying a daily plan that can be done with an it manager the trust or in an engineering point of view even like the scrum masters and these guys can help build out an agile plan and what needs to be done and from that perspective you know where you're up to you never feel behind or you never feel ahead of time you're up there with your peers in the workflow plan, everyone's at the same level. No one feels left behind. No one has to feel that anxiety about work. Mm. Um, so in this point of view, I don't think there's any way that me and you can decide as two recruiters to diagnose anxiety or fix it. No. Uh, but I, I think from both of our points of view, there is areas that we've seen people suffer, that mm. we've met with or we've personally suffered. And I think these are ways that potentially might help at least start a conversation between people and their managers. So kind of cutting to the news section, there's something I saw on the Irish Times this week, and it is the increase in the work life of Irish staff. So I'm not sure if you've seen this, but the average working career of an Irish person now has moved to 37 years. Uh, To break it down into perspective, that's men are going to be working 40.4 years, Women are going to be working 33.6 years. So, Sarah, you'll retire before us. Thank God. We love, we love a bit of work. <laughs> um, so we're well above the EU average. Yeah, so basically, if, if you're going to be working for this amount of time, you, you may as well enjoy it. Make the most of it. Yeah. Don't be, don't be anxious. Don't be stressed. So to the next section, which is the listeners' questions, one thing that we've got asked quite often is... How does someone ask for a pay increase in their current company without mm. burning a bridge and yeah. being the most awkward conversation in the world? Just to kind of start the conversation myself, what I would say is what not to do. Don't do a true counteroffer. Um, yeah, definitely. You're burning a bridge with a future company that you interview with and you're leaving a bad taste in the mouth with the company you're currently with at the moment. Mm. I think the best time to approach the conversation is why your stock is high. <laughs> Always do it on the back of an accomplishment. You yeah. hit your target, you met a release date, you release a product, whatever the, the, the accomplishment is, Always do it after that. Your stock is always highest after an accomplishment. Yeah. So it just makes the conversation a lot more natural going into it. And with that, I, I say this to, to people I represent all the time going into an interview process, practice what you're going to say in front of the mirror it sounds ridiculous but just (laughs) rehearse what you're going to say you're going in prepared you have an agenda 
you have your your points you're going to reference and it just makes the conversation a little bit more structured and then timing of it as well obviously along with the the accomplishment if it's coming up to maybe a financial review period that's that's the best time to have that conversation um and i suppose with that always be prepared to hear what you don't want to hear you know yeah. your your manager can always come back and say no have a backup Great. have a backup yeah. 100% and um, it could be anything from if you've identified you know a, a different team that there's going to be more progression opportunities or if you can work remotely or if your phone bill can be subsidized whatever it might be always good to have a backup um but yeah i think it's all about planning timing and rehearsing what you're going to say yeah i think that really depends on the size of the company you're with especially when it comes to looking at a different team that only really makes sense in your large companies in mm. which there's different sections you can work with. So you need to realize, am I better off moving internally laterally yeah. to a position with a company in which I know I got more progression or do it apply directly for a role of progression then as well? But more on a foundational level and maybe more of an instructional level, something that I always advise is on your day one with a new manager, it's worthwhile sitting down with them. Discuss what SLAs and targets you want to hit that year. Whatever job. Put time in the calendar just before that year end and discuss how you achieved against those targets. Mm. That's your best defense for asking for an increase. If you can turn around and say, I've hit 150% yeah. on every target, I'm clearly worth more than you thought I was this time last year because you thought I was going to hit this. I hit this. It's an easy justification to ask for more money. And you, you're basically left with all the cards in your hand. They, they can only say yes or we can't afford it. Yeah. Um, so that's my advice. Day one, just set those targets and work against them. There's this no defense for your manager to say no on the back of that. Yeah, I, th I think if you're in the unfortunate scenario that you can't get the increment on your salary or things can't change from your your day-to-day -day or with a different vertical or whatever it might be. I, I think this kind of feeds into our kind of shameless plug that <laughs> if you are in a situation where you, you might have to, you might be forced almost yeah. to, to look at external opportunities, um, which kind of leads us into our, our next segment. Um, if you're a full-stack engineer, I've got a very exciting <laughs> opportunity for you. Um, so yeah, I've got a, a couple of full-stack roles that are probably more front-end focused yeah. within a really interesting space. So cybersecurity, very evolving, quite niche area as well. There aren't a whole lot of companies in Ireland specifically specialised in this area. This company, globally recognised brand, companies all over the world. The engineering team here, they work within sprints. So they've got five different sprint teams and they're looking for... People to come in, work on product development. So the company, they both do, you know, they offer various different products. They also operate as a consultancy services company as well. Um, so over, I'd say probably over the last year and a half, they've been moving, they've been getting rid of all their monoliths into microservices. On the back end, all the microservices, one monolith left in the front end. So their tech stack is Java backend, React, AWS, Cassandra for DB and it's all REST architecture. So they're looking for people to come in, have an interest in the front end and re-architecting, been able to put forward their strategy, their own professional recommendations in terms of how things are going to be built out 
and then working on, on product development as well. So both they're looking they're looking for both senior and intermediate level full stack engineers. So yeah, really exciting opportunity, great salary and offer, really good benefits, very niche specialized area area to get into. This sounds amazing. Uh, if I wanted to apply for this job, Stephen, how how would I do it? I don't think you'd be qualified, Rob. <laughs> 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 Awkward. Yeah. Um, yeah, jumping at the back of that, uh, I have a role that's just opened last week. Um, it's for a scrum master based with one of the key comparison companies in Dublin uh, and probably in Ireland as well. They're a lean team at the moment of 22. Of the 22, six are engineers. They're mixed between Ruby and Rails and JavaScript in the front end. Amazing team. The average tenure of developers is five years, which is such a rarity Brilliant, in Dublin. Yeah. Um, and that's done on the back of the factory CEO and founders and ex-CTO. He spends his money on innovation and investing in technology. They were one of the first companies in Ireland to invest in Ruby and Rails 6 and an AWS. Right. They're also constantly improving their front-end stack. Um, an amazing team that don't need to be micromanaged, but what they need is someone who can agile scrum master the work that needs to be done. 50% of the work's maintenance, the other 50% is products launch. So they're very innovative. There's such an opportunity to really motivate and push the staff. It reports directly to the founder. Um, so I'm really looking for someone who can speak the engineering language with the programming team, but also the commercial language with the board as well. Um, so anyone with a Scrum Master certificate or an interest in it. It could be a PM certificate as well. Um, this could be a really good fit if you're looking for a nice, agile team of really professional people in a very lean but growing company. Mm. Uh, definitely worth reaching out. and You, you can just email me at rob at talenthub.ie. I'd be happy to have a chat about it. Brilliant. And myself, Stephen K at talenthub.ie. Thank you for listening to Talk and Tech with Talent Hub. Don't forget to visit our website, talenthub.ie, for our latest jobs. And don't forget to join our LinkedIn group, Talk and Tech with Talent Hub, to join in the conversation in the community. We'll be back next Monday for another episode. Cheers.